The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, for all on the bench with Mafia, 844-843-6879 is the number to get on the bench. So uh, Mafia knows, and certainly I, I tell it like it is, I have said repetitively on the air on both Coast to Coast, on TV, and on for all on the bench on radio that um, the Islanders would win the series against Boston and that uh, Tampa Bay would, you know, beat the Panthers and they would beat the Canes. And I know I took the Canes in, in game five. I went for it as a better uh, trying to make some money, whatever. It is what it is. But I still said they'd win the series uh, and that they would go on to meet the Islanders. I am on the Islanders uh, against the Penguins. That's documented. I'm on the Islanders against the Bruins. That's documented. Uh, they were dogs in both series, and I still took them. And I said on air, on record, on the uh, mark, that they should have been favored in both series. I, I honestly firmly believe that. I do not believe for one minute, even though the Penguins beat them six out of eight in a regular season, I never once believed that the Penguins were better than the Islanders as a playoff team. And I said the exact same thing about the Bruins. I said the Islanders are a better team. Uh, they're built for this. Uh, they're coached for this. Uh, they're playing like they're involved in this, like playoff games, right? They play to win. Uh, they, they don't score the whole season. They can't score goals ever. You know, they barely made the playoffs, right? Like when you think about it, I mean, they, weren't, they were the four. And they, but they were the best team for the playoffs. They were, they're playoff made, playoff built. Defensively, they're the best team. Goaltending, they've been the best team. Coaching, they're clearly the best team of those series, of those teams. You can talk about whoever you want. In, in their division, they were the best team. And that's just all there is to it. And I feel uh, that. They actually have a chance to beat the Lightning this year because they lost to them last year. They got to game six. They mean business. They are literally put together for this. This is what they're all about. I think they have the best coach. I think they have the best uh six defensemen. I think they have uh the best right now, they have the best power play. I mean, they're scoring every time they get a penalty, they score a goal. I mean, they literally score every single time they have a power play. This is the same team that couldn't score a goal to save their ass on the power play the entire season. Every game they played, they scored no more than two goals. They couldn't score to save their ass, and then they go to the playoffs, they score five goals a night. And I'm telling you, they are lethal and dangerous, and they're for real. They are no joke. There is – look – even if they lose somehow game six at the barn tomorrow night, which that game's at 730, I do not think for one minute they're losing that game. I mean, they went home and they kicked the Penguins' ass, you know, in game five. And then they went to Pittsburgh and kicked their ass again, right? So, look, uh, or whatever it was, game six in, in Long Island. Game five in Pittsburgh, they won. They went home to game six in, in Long Island. They kicked their ass. The same thing happened here. They went to Boston. They won game five. They're going to go home. They're going to kick the Bruins' ass tomorrow night. And I said it today on Coast to Coast. The reason they're going to win the series is because they already broke Rask. They broke him. They broke him like a horse. 
They broke him. They finally broke him in. The wild stallion was finally broken and calmed down. It's over. Once they broke him, it was over. He got yanked out of that game because he couldn't stop him. They were scoring goals at will on him everywhere, up top, down low, between his legs. It didn't matter. They broke him. Vegas just scored early in the third. We got one on the board. We welcome our radio affiliates, Sirius XM Channel 204, Mighty Air 1090 in San Diego near Tijuana. Do you want to? Sports map, sports byline, Armed Forces Radio. How about Vegas getting involved early? Alex Tuck going top shelf. What a pass. And then he swats it off of a bounce off the ice. It bounced off the ice. He hit it in midair. And he got it by. And it's in. Grubauer couldn't stop that. The tricky knuckler off a bounce on the ice. And they're on the board. They're down a goal now. They were down two. Now they're alive. Now you got a great third period in front of you. Let's see if they can tie it up and send it to overtime. Anyway, what I was saying is I honestly believe that even if they lose tomorrow night, which I don't think they're losing. I think they're going to win tomorrow night. Deal done. Party over. Shaking hands. Even if they lose, I still think they'll go to Boston and win game seven. I, I think they'll go into the garden and they'll win that game. And they'll do it again. Mark my words, they're better than the Bruins. I will honestly eat the crow if I'm wrong. But when we come back, I'll get Mafia's opinion because... I want to hear what he has to think of that Boston Bruin team. I think they got broke last night, and their coach is a whiny little bee. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. These days, it's hard to find something you can trust. Your car? Yeah, right. Trust takes time. And that's why we're here. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. We are your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Carlson feeds Marcius so on the doorstep, and he goes up top where Granny keeps a reefer. Marcius so he had a hattie the other night, and he's got the equalizer here in Vegas. Is on the board. It's two apiece in Rado. Here come the Vegas Golden Knights to tie it up down two in the third. It's now even up. What do we have here, Marcia on a feed from Carlson with a g 
that's kind of how I would have called a uh, goal back in the day on the radio in uh, Atlanta calling games. I'd, I'd call the other team scoring because the Thrashers never scored. So <laughs> I would have done the Vegas goal just like that. Pretty much. So anyway, Mafia, I got to get your opinion. Uh, do you think I'm crazy that, uh, A, I think the Islanders win tomorrow? Even if they lose, they're going to win that series. Boston's not going to the Eastern Final, whatever you want to call it, against uh, Tampa. I'm just calling it the Eastern Final. To me, the West is the, you know, uh, it's going to be the winner of this series against Montreal. To me, that's the West. Let's just pretend like it is. I think whoever wins this game, whoever wins this series, will beat Montreal, and they'll beat Price because I think if he thought Toronto was good, wait till he gets a load of these two teams skating at you that can score goals in droves. I don't care how good a goalie you are. You could be the greatest goalie in the world, but when you got that many guys that can score and that kind of speed, that becomes a problem for a goalie. And then secondly, I think, uh, I think, I think the Islanders are better than last year when they lost in six to the Lightning. I think they're actually better. I even told you I think they go seven this time or beat them outright. I think that the Islanders are as good as ever. And I think they're, like I said, built for this. I think, you know, I still think Tampa's better than the Islanders. But bounces and mistakes and power plays and things of this nature can make a team that's not as good win. You could still win if you get the calls, the power play goals, the turnovers, the bounces, blah, blah, blah. And it seems to me, Moff, that they've gotten all the bounces and all the calls and all the power play goals and all the big saves from their goalie and the great calls and coaching and, and you know, putting guys in the right spots on defense and, and line changes and things like this. And then once Barzal got hot, I mean, I think the Islanders can beat anybody. Yeah, you know, we were talking the break, and they kind of remind me, not to the extreme degree that they were, but the you know they kind of remind me of the 90s Devils where, you know, they're playing that – Get you, you know, play defensive, stay back, wait for you to come, you know, and then weather the storm, and then you make that one mistake and they're off. And then either they score a goal or they get you to make a mistake and, you know, give up the power play, and that's where they score. Like, they're focused on the little opportunities. They're not like Tampa where you talked about, you know, they, they come in waves, wave after wave, like the Russian Army, like Colorado and Vegas. They just come at you and come at you and wear you down, you know, like water on the ocean, just crashing against the rocks until eventually it becomes the sand. Like, that's what they do. Because, I mean, look, we talked about Brayden Point killing everybody in the playoffs with all these goals. He has, what, eight goals in these two rounds? He's like, what, right. the fourth or fifth name you'd probably name on that team of the top players? You know, you do Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, and, you know, maybe Kalor, maybe some of these other guys, and then you get to Brayden Point, and it's like, Oh, wow. He's the one just destroying them. Kucherov started the playoffs destroying everybody. And now Braden Point has taken the mantle as being the man on that team. So they just have so many options that it kills a lot of people. But I think that the Islanders are going to, you know, they're going to be patient. They're going to sit back. They're going to wait. They're going to, you know, make you take all the shots from the outside, make easy saves. And then when all of a sudden you fall asleep and you just think, all right, this is, we're just going to keep doing this. And all of a sudden, boom, someone goes and you stick a stick out, get in the legs. And all of a sudden they're on the power play. And that's when they score. And it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like trots the old trots back in Nashville because, of course, when you think of his Stanley Cup, you think of Washington. And whenever you think of the Capitals, it's, you know, your boy Ovi just scoring left and right. That's all you think of his goals with Washington. You don't think of defense. But this is what trots did back in the day in Nashville when he didn't have a ton of big names. So he's put that, you know, that way in with the Islanders. And over the last couple of years, they've honed that skill. And now they've gotten hot with some goal scoring in the playoffs. It's huge for them. So I think that, you know, it's the strangest thing, but like you talk about them sitting back and waiting for you to take uh, shots and, and then they, and they're off and running. I think they get more. Uh, and by the way, Rantanen hit the crossbar on a, on a two on one break and flurry got lucky because Rantanen lifted one upstairs. That would have been the go ahead goal. And it hit the crossbar and rolled along the crossbar and, and Rantanen literally thought he scored. He started celebrating the goal and all the fans started celebrating the goal, but the puck never went in the net. So anyway, I think like in the, let's say just over the line, just over the blue line and in the neutral zone, I actually think. I've never seen anything like how the Islanders get every single puck. I mean, they end up with every single puck in the neutral zone and over the blue line. Like, so if you skate over on a three on two, they, they, 
they steal the puck from you. They knock it off your stick. They break up the pass. They they never let anyone get close to the low slot and in the crease. And when they get in there, they get their head taken off because I think they're a lot dirtier than uh, they play, like that they're this clean team that doesn't do anything. I think they're very physical and very chippy and very scrummy. They scrum with everybody. The Islanders, after the whistle, will stick their fist in your face and rub their smelly glove all over your snot face, and they'll stick a thumb in your eye. I I think they'll cross-check you in the back of the head. I think they'll do anything to keep you out of that crease, and I think it works. And so whenever there's a loose puck up by the blue line or a pass – uh, up by the blue line from, you know, coast to coast, from, you know, east to west, where they'll pass from one point to the other. They break it up, and then they're skating the other way with an odd man rush. I have never seen a team get more pucks and more loose pucks and more pucks off skates and more pucks off sticks that hit the tape and bounce off the stick because they're too hard to pass, and then the puck pops off the stick, and then who gets it? The Islanders every time. And they're going the other way. And they're, um, frankly, converting their chances. And when they get calls, which I know Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is crying about the uh, calls, but the reality is he's right about one thing. The Islanders are getting calls, and when they get them, they score. They get a power play, they score. So you can cry all you want about they're getting too many calls. Your problem is you're not getting any stops. Your problem is your PK sucks. Your problem is you worry about the refs so much you're getting beat uh, because you're shorthanded and you're getting scored on. And so you can cry all you want. The reality is they're converting their opportunities and their chances. And I'm telling you, I don't care who you play. If you get all those things, loose pucks, pucks off sticks, pucks off skates, power play chances that you convert into goals. Let's say you get three power plays a night and you score on two of them. I bet you win 80% of the games. I mean, it's that simple. You want to talk analytics, give a team that's hot three power plays a night. I bet they score two or three times. Like last night, they had three of them. And so they won five to four. And I mean, they convert. They're they're sticking it in your ear uh, every chance they get. And you know what it is? Honestly, Ma, if they just don't make mistakes and they don't turn it over and they win all the battles in the corners. They win all the battles along the wall. Like the Penguins kept trying to, you know, keep the puck in. They could never keep the puck in. The Islanders always got it out. Uh, They're doing that to the Bruins. They get every puck out and they win every battle in the corner. They win every battle behind the net. They win every battle along the wall and they win every battle at the point. I mean, what else is there? They own the neutral zone, and then they own your end. They own your end. If you are going into their end and you can't do anything with the puck and you're not getting any angles and any good shots, why do you think Varlamov looks so good? It's because all these shots these teams are taking are bad angles and, and, you know, bottom line, sucky shots. It's that simple. This game is great. Vegas and Colorado tied in the third in the thin air. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada, so if he hears you crystal clear, I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. All right, for all to mention Mafia, so Moff, do you think that um, after all we've talked about, first of all, this game going on right now is sickening. It's 2-2. It's just unbelievable how quickly Vegas sniped and got back in this game. And I told you while we were watching this game, I said to you live on the air and off the air, I said, this guy is not having a bad game, Flurry. He got burned on that goal by Saad, and he got burned on that shot over his shoulder. Other than that, he's been absolutely brilliant. I think he saved everything. He should be losing this game 5-2, to two, and he's been brilliant. And maybe a little lucky. You got to have some of that, too. But this game's been incredible. And do you think that I'm crazy when I say, with the way the Islanders are looking and all the many reasons I gave you that they could give Tampa more than they gave them last year? They could definitely give them one they gave them last year. I don't know if they're going to give them enough to stop them with how deep that team is, but I could definitely see it going, you know, say six games. I think it's going to be a tough series. Tampa's going to have to earn everything. You know, it's probably going to be even tougher for them than this Carolina series or the, the Florida series. I know that Cooper was saying that those are the toughest two he's ever been involved with. I think that's just all lip service because there are some tough games in both series, obviously. You know, you had the great overtime winner by Carolina. Florida gave them, you know, some fight. But in reality, they beat those teams pretty easily. You know, you can't tell me it was that tough a series when you win 4-1. I think the Islanders are going to be a much tougher opponent. I think it's going to go at least six. But I think Tampa's still going to get by them just because of the depth. Like we said, the, the wave after wave that they come at you with sometimes is just too hard unless you can score that many goals every game. And they've done it against Boston. I don't see Tampa making all the same mistakes. And Vasilevsky is definitely not Rask. Yeah, listen, I'll give you uh, I'll give you all that, fair enough. And I do think that Tuka is a great goalie. I think he's he's been a great goalie, but I don't think he looks great right now. And I think no, he's you, know, Vasilevs- too with times. you know, he he hasn't been uh, you know, he ha- he's been good. He hasn't been great, right? He's been good. Good doesn't cut it in the at this late stage of the playoffs. Good good doesn't cut it and he was not good the other night. So all I know is, you know, Flurry tonight has been great. And then he could still very well lose this game. By the way, Colorado's on a power play because uh, Shea Theodore uh, got a delay of game for flicking the puck out of play. Is there any worse penalty in hockey than that one where they, if you sling a puck up the ice and it goes out of, uh, out into the crowd without being uh, touched or deflected, it's a penalty. I, I've never liked that penalty. I, I think it's stupid. You know, I could see because they call it a delay of game. I don't think there's a difference. I think there's a delay of game with intent and there's a delay of game that just is uh, unlucky where he, you know, tries to sling it off the glass and it goes over the glass into the crowd and you get two minutes for delay of game. I think it should be obvious that I, I think the call should be just obvious that you're flicking it up there to stop a rush or stop a goal or stop a chance of scoring where they're clearing it with intent to get it out of the ice to stop the game. That should be a penalty, but not just throwing it up the ice and it goes over the glass and you get two minutes. I've never liked that. But look, I think, um, 
You're right. Vasilevsky's way better than uh, Tuka Rask right now, and he was better than him last year when they won the Stanley Cup. Like, they're no joke. I mean, uh, and I think Braden Point was really good last year, too. I mean, Braden Point is a stud, and he was great last year. And then I remember that piece they got last year that made a huge difference for them, Moth, was Coleman. They got him from the Devils, and then he went down there and fit like a glove on that team, and he's still got a massive role on that hockey club. Uh, he's, he's no joke at all either. You know, what's crazy. I got to tell you, it's, you know, I love hockey so much, but it's just, this game has been so good with seven minutes left and they're on a, the power play just ended, but, uh, there, this game has been so good that I just basically stopped watching the Clippers and jazz. I just, I don't even know what's happening there. The last time I looked after the first, the, the Clippers were winning the game and, uh, Obviously, I can tell you what's happening now in terms of the score. At the half, it's 60-47 to 47 Clippers. The Clippers are kicking the Jazz's ass, which I can't even believe. I cannot even fathom how wrong I was about the Jazz. I thought they would win this game easily after the Clippers played seven and got grinded down by the Mavs. They finally got it done on Sunday, and they won the series. And then here they are on Tuesday night kicking the Jazz's ass in Salt Lake. If you win game one on the road, you got home court. So uh, the Jazz, I, I cannot believe how bad they look. I mean, just score alone. I have not watched the game. I watched five minutes of it. But score alone to be down 13 at home to a team that just played seven, and you've been resting and chilling, and they're getting no productivity at all. Like, look, Leonard's only got seven. Reggie Jackson, nine. I mean, nobody's doing anything outrageous. Meanwhile, Spida has 13, but he's shooting terribly. 5 of 14, 2 of 8 from downtown, and they are shooting just heinous. 32% from the floor, 25% from downtown, 7 of 27 from downtown. They're actually playing like crap, the Jazz. That's the bottom line, playing like crap. The Sixers blew out the Hawks, 118-102. We already told you that tonight. Trey Young had a lousy game, a bunch of turnovers. He was terrible from downtown. Uh, he looked bad. The fans got to him. He looked rattled tonight, and Embiid took over the game, got massively physical. He got a technical. He got into it with um, Gallinari. He shoved Gallinari from behind with a technical cheap shot, and they gave Gallinari a tech on that, too, that he got up from the floor originally and bumped him with his shoulder. That's what led to Embiid shoving him. I thought it was a bad call. I thought it was Gallinari got up, got shoved. It should have been a tech on Embiid only, in my opinion. I don't think Gallinari wants any part of fighting Embiid and would not get up and intentionally shove his shoulder into Embiid. It's like asking to die, trying to get physical and take on Embiid. And Embiid shoved him and got teched up, but they both got teched. I thought, you know, personally, I watched the game. I thought the refs, um, you know, I thought they made a bunch of bad calls in that game. Once again, I listened to the announcer tell me how great they are. They're the most experienced three refs in the NBA. They have more playoff experience than anyone in the NBA, these three refs. Meanwhile, I watched the game, and I still, I still thought they sucked. And I'm not wrong either when the entire game, the Philadelphia fans screamed, you suck, ref. Ref, you suck the whole game. They chanted the whole game that the refs suck because they did suck. <laughs> the refs, the most experienced refs, you know what they should just uh, start saying is these guys have tons of experience, but they still suck because they do. Their, their calls are atrocious, and I, I don't know what they're seeing. I, I, I Honestly, when I watch a game, I lose my mind because I think the refs are so bad. I think the NBA refs doing that game tonight were terrible. I think Foster's are terrible. Meanwhile, they, they're on their knees for Scott Foster. They treat him like he's God. Uh, in the NBA, the announcers and play-by-play -play guys always talking about Scott Foster. I think Scott Foster's uh, an idiot. I think he's terrible. I do. I think he's terrible. He's a show-off. I think it's all about him. He loves the attention. He loves being on TV. And, uh, I, you know, I want a guy that just refs. I want a guy that just makes good calls. I want a guy that, that puts his whistle away in the fourth in a playoff game. I want guys that let players bang and play. Uh, I think he's a nightmare. It's all about him. I can't stand him. So whatever. Philly wins the game. I thought the Sixers would win the game. I am surprised the Jazz looked that bad tonight. I really am. I I'm surprised uh, that th they're getting their ass beat like that. We'll see if they wake up in the second half. From what I'm seeing right now, just 
on numbers alone, on numbers alone, sheer numbers alone, um, they don't look like tonight's their night. When you're shooting 30% and 27% from downtown, you suck. You are, you're not playing well. I don't know how you turn it around from that and suddenly take over a game and win. But anything's possible. They're down 13. Anything's possible. But they do not look good right now at the half, getting their ass beat like that by the Clippers. But I got to tell you, it's hard for me to get into a NBA game one in Salt Lake City when I'm watching this fantastic, crazy game five uh, hockey in Denver between the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. This game is as good as it gets. It's as fast as it gets. I mean, these two teams are literally like rocket ships. I mean, they are they are hauling ass and making plays that are incredible. I mean, Flurry just made a save off of his face. And this guy has made more brilliant saves tonight with his toes and uh, complete splits and just absolutely insane work with his pads and stick and glove uh, and face now. He's made saves with his face. This guy, I mean, he, he really is one of the greatest goalies I've ever seen. And uh, I've seen a lot of great goalies. And this guy, with his three Stanley Cups and with his – uh, performance, getting Vegas to the Stanley Cup Finals in his first year in their expansion year. They lost to the Capitals, no doubt, but uh, he's just so brilliant. And then, you know, they actually go out and get Robin Leonard and pay him $75 million, whatever it is, and they basically went with Leonard and they benched Flurry. and I just can't believe it because I think – you know, personally, I think Robin Leonard is a good goalie, but I don't think he can hold a candle to uh, Mark Andre Fleury. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury is going to the Hall of Fame, okay? And I just don't think Robin Leonard is. And I think Robin Leonard is a really good goalie, and I just think Fleury's better. And if I'm wrong, then why does he start every single game and play every single game? It's because he is better. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Our goal is subtle. But profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Moth, do you think I'm crazy in that, uh, you know, what I said to you in the break was, and I'll, I'll say it to the audience really quick, when you're down two zip in a Stanley Cup playoff game on the road, and like Vegas was in this game, and your goalie is actually playing his ass off, 
and he's made, you know, 26 saves, all of which have been, you know, I think very tough saves. He's made some spectacular toe jam saves and ridiculous saves. And when you're down two goals and you got a goalie playing that great and making that many great saves and you come back in the third early and score and then score another one when you get the Marsha Show equalizer, you know, in my opinion, I know how hard it is, but because I think, you know, Colorado's skating circles around them right now in this late in this game. And there's, you know, they're going to overtime uh, unless they score right here. They got a chance. Oh, my God. Stone had a chance to win the game with 10 seconds left, and he shot it wide. Breaking, and he got past the D and had a chance right in front of uh, Grubauer, and he missed wide. He could have won the game right there for Vegas. But they're going to go to overtime. But my point is this, is that you got to win this game. I mean, you're down 2 nothing on the road in a game five, and your goalie's playing as good as – look at this chance Stoney got. He got by the defense. He didn't get enough wood on it. He missed it by two inches. He shot it wide by two inches. That was the game winner right there. I just cannot – like, you cannot lose this game. In my opinion, you've got to win this game for Flurry. He played his ass off. You're down two goals. You come back and tie this thing in the third. You got to win it. You got to win this game five on the road. That's how huge this is. You cannot let them beat you. And I know that's easier said than done how crazy it's going to be. The the speed of the third period alone, Mafia, was phenomenal. And now they're going to go to overtime in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But I got to tell you, um, you got to win the game. When you come back and tie it and your goalie's played his ass off like this guy has, you got to win this game. Whoever loses this game is going to be heartbroken. They're not going to sleep tonight. Well, especially if you're Vegas, because like you said, this has been a tough game for them. This has been, you know, game of attrition, because if you looked at the stats coming into the third period, they had, I think, 14 shots. 12 of them were from defensemen. They had a period in the second period, you know, part of the second period, over nine minutes, they didn't have a shot on goal. They're showing you that as they're coming into the third period. So Colorado was just dominating play, but they were still in the game because Flurry. So then you get his back, and you give him that burst, and you come in, and you score those two quick goals with that burst. And then kind of weather the storm the rest of that third period. They need to come out strong to start this overtime. They need to try to score quick because the last thing you want to do is let him down after, you know, a huge game like that on the road. Because it will be so huge to steal this game. Then you go home with a chance to clinch, get the fortress back behind you, you know, the showgirls, the drums, the, everything going on where you have that extra, you know, juice behind you, that extra oomph. That would be so much better than going in there and just trying to survive. So this the way they played this game, you know, it was a tough game for them but they still fought back. They still kept in it. And now the chance to still steal it, it would be so much bigger to steal this game than it would to try to, you know, just survive game six. So if they, if they lose, let's say, let's say they lose, let's say hypothetically Vegas loses in overtime. Do they go home and win game six and force a game seven back in Colorado? And if they do, win game six let's say they lose tonight in overtime go home win and then they go back to denver for a game seven do you give them a chance to win that game like they have a chance to win this game i give them a chance to win it but i think they have less chance if you go back in game seven because you know we were just talking about this game i mean look at this where much of the game colorado has put the pressure on you know the you know golden knights have had a burst at times at the beginning of the third period they've had a little burst but most of the game has been Colorado controlling the play. We were talking about earlier, Flurry made that huge save. And for the first three minutes before they finally showed us that highlight, all they were showing us was Colorado stick handling all around Vegas because Vegas wasn't doing anything. They didn't show Vegas highlights. They had nothing to show outside of Flurry. The Colorado Avalanche were just stick handling, you know, like they're playing, uh, you know, some kind of like rodeo game, just loop to loop around them, making them look silly with their stick handling because they were just doing circles around them. So I think if you get to a game seven with all the energy, you're going to expand that, you know, you have to put out there at home to get to game seven. I just don't know if they're going to have much left at that point. Well, I mean, uh, I think both teams will, no matter what, if they go seven, they'll play their ass off. Game sevens are for all the marbles and they'll play until they're literally bleeding to death. I don't, I don't think they'll stop playing fast or hard in a game seven in Denver if it goes back there. But uh, if they win tonight, hypothetically, 
let's say they win. Let's say Vegas gets the goal. Marciusso, Carlson, Stoney, Pacioretty, Tuck. Let's say they get a goal and they win. Do they close it out at the Fortress? I think they do. I think if they win tonight, they close it out in six. If they lose tonight, they lose in seven. Because then it's oh. going to be each team winning on their home ice. All games. You had Colorado win oh. the first two. Vegas win the second two. Colorado matches wins the three, you know all three games at home. I'm going to go for them game seven. Not go for them, but I'm going to bet on them game seven. If Vegas closes this out tonight and wins this game, I think they have all the momentum for game six to close it out. So, and you think you think the Islanders are going to win tomorrow, right, and close that out? I do. I think going back to the barn with all the momentum, with Cassidy in his own head, with Rask not playing, you know, nearly where he was back in the day. Like you said, I think they broke him mentally. That he, just no matter what he does, they're going to pass him right now. They're scoring at will, and I just think he's just not there. He he was off at times this year already. There were questions about him, especially up in Boston. The the fans were chewing this guy up at times during the season. He got together coming into the playoffs and kind of was just there, you know, a lot of the reason because they had no one else behind him. Now he's starting to let things up, and I think it's starting to get to him. I don't think he's there right now mentally, you know, ready for this game, and the Islanders have everything going in their favor. Cassie's complaining. They're whining. They're just not, you know, they're frustrated. The Islanders are going to win that game. So Spida is going off all of a sudden. They were down 13. Now they're down seven. They've cut six off of it. They're early in the third. Uh, Spida's got 21 now, and he's just lighting it up in the third. He's hit two three bombs already, and there's uh, PG missing an easy elbow, Jay. And the Jazz have the rock again down seven. And here he is going to the 10, and he gets the bucket. I'm surprised you didn't get a call, too. Timeout now, Clippers, as it's a five-point game. So they went down 13 to five, and they're alive and kicking in Salt Lake Shakers, and you got a game here. I mean, this guy is such a stud, Mitchell. I never thought I'd see the day when he was – I mean, I I remember him playing at, at Louisville, and he was a, a you know badass. The kid had hops and game. He could dunk and all the rest. But I never really, to be honest with you, envisioned him being this much of a stud in the NBA, like being such a game changer and playmaker and superstar. I mean, he's a superstar on his team. When they played without him, you can see the difference. It's like night and day watching the Jazz without this guy and then when he's in the lineup. And he came back from that ankle and has been, you know, pretty sturdy and without any real difficulties and problems, he's been back to his old self, and he is putting on a show right now in this third quarter in Salt Lake to get them back in this game. I don't think the Clippers are done evolving in this game. I mean, when you're up 13 at the half, you're doing something right, and they're obviously shooting the ball better than the Jazz. Now all of a sudden the Jazz are finding the bottom of the net and hitting some threes. They were atrocious shooting the three ball in the first half, no doubt about it. We'll see what they do the rest of the way. But, uh, again, uh, this guy is so amazing what he's doing. Like, now it's pretty obvious, like, the last few trips down the floor, like, it's like he doesn't I, – I, I don't want to say it, but I have to. It's like he doesn't see anybody else. He's just – he's in this – Total tunnel vision of, I, I need to score right here, right now. I'm taking this game over. I don't care who's on my team. I mean, he just looks like he is coming down, looking for space, looking for a screen, looking for room to fire. And he is lighting it up. And not only is he hitting from outside, and they were deep threes, but now he's like, they, they know he's going to pop from three, so they're coming out on him and stretching him. And then he's driving right down the pike, right down Main Street for an easy dunk. Uh, lay up, whatever you want to call it. But he got to the 10. So he's doing it out and in. He's like, you know, in and out burger. He's doing it all. He got it all going tonight, Mafia, your boy. In and out burger style. He's got, he's taking it to the hole and he's shooting bombs and he's making them. And he really didn't have a great first half. But now all of a sudden he is alive and kicking. And it's obvious what happens to the Jazz when their superstar starts lighting it up. Yeah, he is the reason that team does anything. You know, I mean, Connolly being out definitely hurts them. 
and hurts him. That's another playmaker that can make things happen. So it's a lot more on him for, you know, not just his offense, but everybody's. He's got to make it all go. He's got to draw everything for the Clippers and get them on his, you know, tail so that it leaves those guys open, guys like Ingles and you know, the like. So he's got to do everything, and that's what he's trying to do right now. We'll see how that stretches out the rest of the game, see what the Clippers, you know, what they do. If maybe all of a sudden they start putting Kawhi on him to try to shut him down more because he's the one keeping them in this game. Otherwise, they'd be down by 20. I can't believe, to be honest with you, that the sixth man, Clarkson, is, you know, three of ten. He's hit three threes. Fair enough. He's got nine points. But nine points, one rebound, no dimes. Like, what is happening to uh, Clarkson? Because Jordan Clarkson averaged 18 a game, four boards, two and a half dimes. And, uh, you know, honestly, uh, right now he's done nothing in this game in my opinion, and he's got to get involved. I mean, you're talking about a guy, uh, he's averaged 18 in the regular season, 18 in the postseason, 15 in his career, and now he's got nine points. He needs to turn it up. He needs to get like, uh, you know, they don't even have him on the floor, and the guy was the sixth man. They got to get that guy going because, I mean, the bottom line is they have Mitchell going and nobody else. Clarkson's got nine. I'll give you that. He's got one more than anybody else. But Ingles has eight. Bogdanovich has eight. O'Neal has four. Gobert has three and nine boards. But a big piece of their scoring has been Clarkson this year. That's just all there is to it. And so, uh, I mean, this is crazy. They just got a huge uh, O'Neal rebound, offensive board, and put back foul. He missed the bucket, but he got fouled by Jackson underneath. That's two quick fouls on Reggie Jackson. He uh, fouled uh, Bogdanovich, who was banging with him, and he was banging back, and they gave him the foul on the banging guard. He was, like, bang, guarding him on TV, and Bogdanovich was trying to post him up and banging, putting the shoulder down, shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. He finally got the call, and here he's blocking out on O'Neal. O'Neal outworks him for the rebound and goes up, and he fouls him. So a couple of quick fouls for uh, Reggie Jackson. So this game now... Uh, it's crazy. Highest playoff points per game. Mitchell right there, 27 and a half in playoff games. The guy's going off. Now it's a four-point game with nine minutes left in the third. And I think that's your boy uh, Dwayne Wade he's talking to sitting there on the bench. I, I don't know. He might have a mask on. But it looked like Dwayne Wade to me that he was talking to. Of course, Dwayne Wade, part of the ownership group now with the uh, Jazz. But this game's getting really good. It's a three-point game now, 62-59. They literally, the Clippers, have only scored one basket since halftime. They were up 60-47, to and the Jazz have been kicking their ass. And your boy PG just missed a reverse layup. Airball. He airballed a reverse layup. Bogdanovich, the three, misses, though, and the Clippers get the rebound and a foul on Ingles. Uh, it's a foul on the bench. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. 
That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Such a badass. He just absolutely is a monster in the block. I just want to feel my burger finger up. You're so money and you don't even know it. Your boy Kawhi sticking threes. They were down by two, Utah, and then he steps up and hits a dagger three. He's unbelievable. Oh, I got to see Mitchell just, he may have just hurt himself. He's down on the floor. I don't know if he hurt that ankle. He got a foul call. I don't know if he's okay. I got to see if he landed funny. But it's getting real physical in this game, real chippy. Zubats with a big bucket. Kawhi with a big three. Mitchell looks okay at the line. Uh, 7166 Clippers. Kawhi's unbelievable. Of the finals in baseball, I'm 9 and 3 so far. Dodgers cover. Astros cover. The Dodgers 5 3 over the Pirates. Astros 7 1 over the Red Sox. Yankees cover for me 8 4 over the Twins. Braves beat the Phillies. Lost there. Orioles beat the Mets. Upset 10 3. Lost there. Hit the Marlins 6 2 over the Rockies. Brewers Reds lost there. 5 1 Brewers. Then I hit the Tigers 5 3 over the Mariners. Rays 3 1 over the Nats. Giants 9 4 over the Rangers. White Sox 6-1 over the Blue Jays, and the Indians 10-1 over the Cardinals. 9-3 in finals in baseball so far on PharrellOnTheBench.com. you got to go sign up. It's a piece of cake. You'll love it. 35 months, get every play. Angels 6-1 over the Royals. Uh, Angels up uh, top seven. Bases loaded for the Royals. Two outs. A's 5-2 on the D-backs. They're in the bottom of the seventh in the Ashtray in Oakland. Cubs up on the Padres, five zip at Petco. Vegas wins it in overtime. Vegas gets it done like I told you they oughta. You gotta win it for Flurry, and they do it. Vegas with a stunning win early in overtime. It is over. Vegas goes up. 3-2 in the series, headed home for game six. Stoney had the winner. He almost won it at the end of regulation, and he wins it in overtime. Good night. See you at four tomorrow on Coast to Coast. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 